Well, happy Independence Day. The United States is the greatest nation on the earth. This nation was built on Judeo-Christian value. Let me read this to you. This is from the Supreme Court in, 19, in 1892, and it was, they declared this decision in the Church of the Holy Trinity versus the United States. Here's what they said. They said, our laws and institutions must necessarily be based upon and, and embody the teachings of the Redeemer of mankind. It is impossible that it should be otherwise, and in this sense and to this extent, our civilization and our institutions are emphatically Christian. These and many other matters which might be noticed at a volume of unofficial declarations to the mass of organic utterances that this is a Christian nation. Now the Supreme Court said in, 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 in 19, 1892, this is a Christian nation. And if we understand precedent of court decision, then that should still stand. They weren't doing anything but stating the obvious. This is a Christian nation. Now the Bible tells us in 2 Chronicles seven fourteen, if my people that are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I'll hear from heaven and I'll heal their land. Now let me ask you a question this morning. The Supreme Court said this is a Christian nation. The word says that if we'll humble ourselves and pray and we, his people, the Christian people, will turn from their wicked ways, if we'll do that, he said he will heal our land. So here's my question. Is this a Christian nation? What do you say about it? Well, let me read you another verse of scripture. Listen to this. This is in Romans. This isn't my sermon yet, but listen to this. I, I ran across this this morning in my devotion. Romans chapter 3 Verse 3 says this, For what if some did not believe? Shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? What if some people are saying this is no longer a Christian nation? Does their unbelief make the word of God of no effect? Can I tell you something, folks? What we need to say is what we want. This is a Christian nation nation. I'm a citizen of the United States of America. It is a Christian nation. This nation sends more money into the mission field than all the other nations on the face of the earth combined. And yet, most Christians in church give less to missions than they give to dog food. Just think if we'd wake up what we would do. Just think about that. This is a Christian nation. I choose to make my confession be, this is a Christian nation. Instead of, this nation's going to hell in a handbasket and we're in trouble, I choose to say, this is a Christian nation because I am seeking his face. I am praying and believing. That means God has to honor not just my prayer, but tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of Christians all over this nation who are praying and seeking his face. He has to hear our prayer. It's not over for America. Oh, but this, 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 this president or this Congress, oh, it's just so bad. Shut up. This is a Christian nation. God removed kings and parliaments and all those things throughout history. Why would we think if they're not doing right, he can't do it now? Okay, let me get to my sermon. Abraham Lincoln, he said this, speaking of the Bible, he said, all good from the Savior of the world is communicated through this book. Talking about the Bible. He said, but for the book, 
We could not know right from wrong. All things desirable to man are communicated in it. The, above, above the seat of the, of the chief justice of the Supreme Court, when he sits down in court is in session, you know what's behind him? The Ten Commandments. And yet we're wondering if we can put them on the courthouse lawn. Every session of Congress, both the House and the Senate, begin with prayer. Scripture, I don't know if you've ever been to Washington, D.C., but if you walk down the street or walk into the rooms, the, the hallowed halls of our, our, our most, our, our most uh, uh, hallowed buildings, you'll find Scripture engraved in the stone at the Capitol, the Supreme Court, the Library of Congress, the Lincoln Memorial, the Jefferson Memorial. I mean, all those other buildings, I mean, the Scripture is just there. It's engraved. The phrase, I love this, the phrase, in God we trust, is not only on our money, but when the President of the Senate who is the Vice President of the United States, sits down, he's looking at that phrase, in God we trust. And when Nancy Pelosi sits down in her seat as the Speaker of the House of Representatives, in big words behind her it says, in God we trust. You know, I don't know if our leaders want that anymore, but it's there and they see it all the time. It's the Word of God. It's all over our country. No matter how much they want God out of our government and out of our country. This is a Christian nation. Can I have an amen? Oh, man. Listen to these words. It's written in Congress, July 4th, 1776, the unanimous declaration of the 13 United States of America. When in the course of human events it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them. A dissent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Now you know these words to be the first words of the Declaration of Independence. It was on that day in 1776 that these men came together and they declared our independence from Great Britain. You may have had to memorize those in school. Our declaration is the reason we celebrate today. The Declaration of Independence. We, we celebrate that. I like the, the words in here that say the word God and the word creator. I mean, it talks about nature's God. Nature isn't God, but God is the God of nature. It talks about that. Those men weren't trying to get God out of the government. They were trying to get God into society. The, the, the Declaration was, was, was not to separate us from God, but to separate us from the tyranny of the King of England. God, is a, God should be a part of what we do. Our Declaration of Independence, that's why we celebrate today. Our country today is 234 years old. That sounds like a long time, doesn't it? But if you look at the other nations of the world, for example, you think about Egypt, China, Japan, Rome, Greece, all of those, it's like America is a, is a baby in, in relationship to those. I mean, and I ran across this, consider this. When Thomas Jefferson died, Abraham Lincoln was 17 years old. When Abraham Lincoln was assassinated, Woodrow Wilson was a boy of 8 years old. By the time he died, Ronald Reagan was a boy of 12 years old. Now there you have it. <laughs> the lives of four men can take you through the first 230-some years of our history. Four men, their lives. So that means we're not very old as a nation yet, 
we stand tall and strong among all the nations of the earth because of what we were founded on. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men were endowed by their creator. You see, that's why America is great. This is one nation under God. It doesn't matter what they say. One nation under God. In God we trust. I'm so delighted today that we can come and say, this is church. We celebrate God. We're not hiding. We're not in the catacombs. What made this nation great was the fact that we've made the declaration that we are God's nation and that we will respect him and we will honor him in what we do. I know what they're saying. They're wrong and we're right. Amen. I'm glad to be an American, but more than that, I'm glad to be a Christian. What about you? I mean, as a great nation, I mean, we have all these privileges and all these things that go on, but can I tell you, heaven is better? It's better to be a citizen of heaven, a citizen of God? I mean, it's better to have that? I mean, the most important thing you can be is a Christian. Because even people who aren't Americans can still be Christians and still can have what we're going to have in the future. I mean, we, man, that's better than, than anything that America could provide for us. A lot of people don't live in Christian nations, but they still get to have that. Today, we have great freedoms. One day, we'll be in heaven, and it'll be the greatest freedom of all. Standing there, man, that's going to be awesome. I ran across a silly story this week about Marvin and his wife. They happened to pass away on the same day. And so they're awaiting their interview with St. Peter. Now, obviously, this isn't scriptural. Okay, they're at the pearly gates, and the angel approaches them and says, Hello, I'm your host. Welcome to heaven. In a few moments, you'll be entering through our famous pearly gates for the most fantastic adventure you've ever experienced. You'll have a chauffeur-driven limousine serviced to anywhere in the universe, plus deluxe accommodations at our luxury hotel with all the amenities. Pool, jacuzzi, indoor tennis courts, and more. Then after your day of relaxation, you can dine at any of our five-star restaurants, savoring the finest of any cuisine known to man. At this point, Marvin gave his wife a shove in the ribs with his elbow, and he said, if it wasn't for, your, for you and that stupid oat brand, we'd have been here 10 years ago. <laughs> People are trying to live a long time because they're afraid that, that they, you know, what's going to happen. But, you know, we get to go to heaven when we die. I think that's important for us. As believers, think about this for just a moment. As believers, the Bible promises that we should live the good life that God predestined and prepared ahead of time for us. As believers, we don't have to die to experience the benefits of heaven. God wants us to live the good life here. The Bible says Jesus came. He said, I've come that they might have and enjoy life in abundance to the full till it overflows. In other words, we don't have to hate life so that we're just hanging on here as Christians until we get to go to heaven. We need to be living the good life. The Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 11, verses 18 and 21, it says, Therefore shall you lay up these words in your heart and in your soul, that your days may be multiplied, and the days of your children as the days of heaven upon the earth. God wants your life to be blessed. He wants your life to be more than just, than just existing and hoping that we make it till Jesus comes back. We're supposed to live a good life. Not because we're Americans, but because we're in covenant with God. Amen. Turn with me this morning to John's Gospel, chapter 8. These are going to be pretty familiar verses to you. John's Gospel, chapter 8. And we're going to look at a few verses here. Then we're going to turn over to Galatians, chapter 5. John's Gospel, 
chapter 8. We're going to look at verse 31 to begin with. John 8, verse 31, and then we'll go to Galatians chapter 5 immediately after that. The Bible says, And Jesus said to those Jews which believed on him, If, man, that's a big little word, isn't it? If, if, in other words, there's a condition here. If, if you do something, then I'm going to do something. If, if you, by the way, the word ye means you. If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Then down in verse 36, and he says, And if, if the Son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. Jesus talking about freedom. Then over in Galatians chapter 5, look what this says in verse 1 of Galatians chapter 5. Jesus said, if you continue in the word, you'll be free. If you continue in the word, you'll be a disciple. You'll know the truth. The truth will make you free. If the Son sets you free, you're free indeed. Galatians says this in verse 1, stand fast therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free and be not entangled again in the yoke of bondage. Now that's pretty interesting. In the verses in John, Jesus talks about our freedom. But he said, if... If you will continue in my word, you'll be my disciples. You'll know the truth. Now, the word know here means revelation. If you continue in my word, you'll get a revelation of the truth. And that revelation of truth will bring you freedom. If you continue in my word. Here's the truth. I'm going to give you a revelation this morning. Not all Christians are free. Now, they're free to go to heaven when they die, but they're not free of the clutches of the enemy while they're here. In fact, I'm going to guess that the majority of Christians are not free. They're trapped by all kinds of things, trapped by the society in which we live. If we continue, we've got to continue in the word to get the revelation to be free. Continue, that means to stay you got to stay in the Word. You've got, or it means to abide. We must stay in the Word. In other words, it's not the Word I got in the past that's going to bring me freedom. It's the Word I'm in today that's going to bring me freedom. Too many people are trying to have faith in what they learned in the past. I've got to be in the Word today because the revelation I get today is where the freedom is. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, when you walk with God, every time you step up to a new level, there's a new devil. And when there's a new level and a new devil, you better have new faith and new revelation in what God called you to because you're going to find out things about you, things about the world around you that you never thought existed before. So you've got to get in the Word today. Continue in the Word. That's going to bring the freedom. It's not enough to have been free. It's not enough to... Have been, I was set free, but am I free today? The only way to be in freedom is to be in the Word now. The truth does not make you free. It's the truth you know that makes you free. If the truth made me free, then all i got to do is hold my Bible up in the air. And I found out I've got to know the truth, though. I would love it if it would just osmose into me. I mean, if, if it could just osmose, I'd buy me the biggest Bible I could find with a soft cover. And I would sit it down in my chair and I would sit on it. And let it osmose through my bottom into my body so I could be free. It doesn't happen that way. 
Truth starts on the inside of me, not the outside. It's the truth I have revelation of that I get in my heart, in the spirit of me, that works its way out of me. That's what's going to bring me freedom. The truth that I know, it's revelation that comes from the word that will bring me freedom. <laughs> Jesus said you've got to abide in it. Stay in it. If you abide somewhere, you go there every day. I'm amazed sometimes I counsel people and they're having this problem or that problem and I ask the question, what, what, what scripture are you meditating in right now? Today, what have you meditated in? And they look at me like, what do you mean? Then I have to ask another question. Did you read the Bible today? This week? This month? You'd be amazed at how many people want an answer from God, but they haven't gone to the book of answers. Were you ever in school and you said, Teacher, what does such and such a word mean? And she said, Look it up. I think we're praying. We're saying, God, what is the answer? And he's saying, Look it up. I gave you the answer. You know how to find it. Just look, but I don't know anything about the Bible. In our generation, I'm telling you what, there are so many resources. You can find anything about the Bible you want to find. All you got to do is click on the mouse, and it takes you to the, to the lexicon. It takes you any place you want to go, and you can find lots of stuff. I want to find out about hate. Type in the word hate. Uh, there's a website. Uh, oh, I don't know. Crosswalk.com. Blueletterbible.com. Elijah.com. There are lots of places you can go. Just click in the word. It'll pull up every scripture that has it in there. You don't even have to be smart anymore. <laughs> I remember used to, man, when I, when I would study the scripture, I had these big books. I'd open them all up. And now I just click the mouse and it takes me right where I want to go. Look it up. I think that's what God would say to us. I'm getting off my subject. Let me come back here. Look it up. Jesus said here that the truth we know makes us free. Then he said that it's the Son that makes us free. The truth we know makes us free. Having revelation of the truth makes us free. Then he said that the Son would make us free. That tells me that the Son and the truth are the same thing. Having revelation of Jesus, not having a mental assent about Jesus, but having revelation of him. In John 17, 17, Jesus said the word is truth. Jesus is the truth. He is the word. The word is truth. All that is combined. And if I have a current revelation, living, working knowledge of him, his word, then I have a revelation of freedom, of truth that brings me freedom, and I can be free. And the freedom has to exist on the inside of me first before it's ever going to exist on the outside of me. I must have that. Galatians 1, 5 verse 1 said, To stand fast, therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. If we fail to stand fast, we'll be taken in bondage once again. It's not enough to have been set free. Freedom is a continual, vigilant stand that we must make. If we don't stand, then we are going to be taken captive again. The Message Bible says that verse, Christ has set us free to live a free life. So take your stand. Never again let anyone put a harness of slavery on you. That's pretty serious stuff. What we're thinking is, well, I got saved when I was seven and there's nothing else to do. You're captive. And you're going to be just like the world. 
unless you're standing fast every day. See, in the world, they're saying this. They're saying your relationship with Jesus is bondage. Yet it's them or they that are trapped in a system from which there is no escape. See, the bondage is sin. Without Jesus, there's no escape. There's no escape from the shame. There's no escape from the condemnation. No escape from the habits, the depressions, the past failures, the sicknesses, the poverty, the sexual perversion. There's no escape. People want out of that stuff and they're trying to act like it doesn't bother them but without Jesus, they can't escape it. <laughs> There's no escape from crime in our society, from teen pregnancies and sexual promiscuity and drug and alcohol abuse. There's no, they have no answers to the problems that have arisen in a godless society. And they're saying it's bondage for you. Yes, religion is bondage. But knowing him, knowing the truth, having revelation of the truth brings a freedom, a liberty. I don't have to be bound by the habit anymore. I don't have to be bound by the bad relationship anymore. I don't have to be bound by what society says I can have and do because of my economic and social background or the color of my skin. See, society says you have to have this. Only Jesus can make us free. Once we're free now, we must stay free. The phrase stand fast means to persevere, to, per to persist, stand firm, be stationary. In other words, when you get on freedom, don't move off of it. Stand fast there. Don't, don't let anybody talk. Don't, don't be led away from it. Stay there. We have the freedom to do anything we want to do. But if we do anything and everything we want to do, we'll lose our freedom. You've got to stand fast in the freedom. The freedom is more important than the ability to do whatever you want to do. Being free. See, the Bible says all things are lawful unto me, but not all things are expedient. Not everything is good for me. I saw a sign the other day. It was in an office that said, please don't smoke. If you smoke... We will think you're on fire and stomp your butt. <laughs> Cigarette butt. Now, come on. You, in other words, you're free. And you're free, you're free to do anything. You, you can smoke 30 packs a day. You're free. But will you use your freedom for an occasion of the flesh? People are free to have, have sex with anybody they want to have sex with. But do you want to use the freedom to catch the diseases, to catch the guilt and the shame? Do you want all that stuff or do you want, do you want real freedom? See, I'm talking about freedom today. Americans are supposed to be free. I mean, we, our country is built on that. We're free from the tyranny and oppression. Yet most Americans are not free from the tyranny and the oppression of devils. Mo most Christians are not free. Most Christians I know have no idea how to live a victorious Christian life because one minute they're up, next minute they're down. One minute they're winning, the next minute they're losing. In fact, they lose more than they win. They don't know how to stay free. They don't know what it means to stand fast. They don't have a clue as to how to have a good marriage. Don't have a clue as to how to raise godly children. I mean, they think they have to live life and do things like the world. And so their marriages are failing like the world. 
The kids look, act, and smell like the world. Well, my kids okay. I mean, they're better than that one over there. That one over there is not my responsibility. My kids are my responsibility. Their marriage is, well, you know, we don't fight as much as, as Tim and Betty do. Why don't we follow the word? Why don't I get the truth? Why don't we get a revelation? See, even in the church, so-called Christians have no victory because they live like the world. They're not being light. They're not being salt. They look just like everybody else. Well, you know, I mean, I just won't live, live like, like mama and daddy and, and, and Freddie and them. They have a good life. Let me ask you, do you want mama and daddy and Freddie's results or do you want the word's results? Doesn't mean I can't love mama and daddy and Freddie and them because I love them. Doesn't mean I can't go over on Thanksgiving. But do I want their results or do I want the word's results? What about mama, daddy, and Freddie and him? How about their health? What, are they living in victory health-wise? Are they living in victory financially? Are they living in victory in the ways that they're supposed to? What are they doing? Do I want their results or do I want Jesus' results that really bring me freedom? Amen. So let's talk about this. I want you to think about this here. Everything begins with a declaration. On July 4th, 1776, we call that this, we call it Independence Day, and we today say we're celebrating Independence Day. But truthfully, July 4th, 1776 was not Independence Day. It was the day the first two signers signed the Declaration of Independence. By the way, only two people signed it the first day. It was like a month before everybody else got to sign it. They signed it all along the way because they didn't all like live right there together. But that wasn't really the day they had independence. That was the day they signed the Declaration of Independence. And, and, so, and we call it Independence Day, but it took seven years to win what we call the American Revolution. When they signed it, I mean, King George didn't just, you know, call up uh, Thomas Jefferson on the phone and say, hey, Tom, that's a good document now. Y'all enjoy your independence. Send me a postcard every now and then. Let me know. No, he didn't do that. His response to the Declaration of Independence was, uh-uh. No, you're not independent. You didn't ask me if you could be independent. It's like that on Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, that guy says, let's be independent together. <laughs> and King George is saying, no, no, you're not independent unless you have what I call independence. But yet we call the day Independence Day. It took seven years to fight a war with Britain. In fact, when they said we're independent, it seemed like it was a lie. They said on July 4th, 1776, they said, here's the deal, George. Because you're not our king, we can just call you George now. Here's the deal, George. We're free of you. We are independent. We are now the United States of America. We are no longer your colonies. We are independent. And they said it to George. They said, I think Philip was the king of France. They said it to Phil. They said it to everybody they could say it to. We are free. And if you want to deal with us, don't go through them. Come straight to us because now we're free. But they had to fight a fight to have what they said. They had to now fight a war. The Declaration of Independence did nothing but start a fight. 
When they said, we're free, they said, put them up because we're going to fight for this. We're ready to do this right here. They decided they'd be free. All right? There is no fight now until you make a declaration. I'm going to talk about the Spirit for just a second here. The moment you say you're a Christian, a fight happens. Do you remember the day you got saved? You were crying probably. You came down the aisle and you said, Jesus, come into my heart. You walked out and the moment you got out, the fight started. And the devil said, you're not saved. Had you ever thought that thought before? Well, no, you didn't think that thought until you got saved. You get baptized in the Holy Ghost. You're praying in tongues. And the devil, the very first thing he comes to you and says, you're making that up. Because the fight begins when you make the declaration. And the devil knows that if you can pray in tongues, you're making a declaration in the spirit that he can't get hold of. And he hates that one more than anyone because he can't get the plan that way. And so the fight begins when you make the declaration. The Lord told me this this morning. He said, if we're not willing to die for freedom, we'll never live in it. If we're not willing to lay our lives down to be free, we'll never be free. When these guys, man, when they made the declaration, they said we're free. Here's the question I have. When did they become free? Was it after they won the war? I think not. I think they became free the moment they made and believed the declaration. When they said we're free, on the inside they knew they were free. George Washington wrote a letter to his wife and he said, Honey, this is my paraphrase of the letter. He said, Honey, we're free now. It's going to be a while before I get home because we've got to fight a war. So get ready for a couple of hard times here. Because we're going to fight, but we're going to win because we're free. See, freedom began the moment they decided they were free. I want you to think about these verses here. Jesus said that if we stay in the word, we become disciples, we know the truth, the truth would make us free. He said if he set us free, we'd be free indeed. That means really, truly free in reality. Galatians 1 tells us that we must stand in liberty or we'll be taken captive again or entangled in the yoke of bondage. The word entangled means to ensnare or hold on. Romans 6 verse 18 says, Then being then made free from sin, you became servants of righteousness. Romans 6.22 says, But now being made free from sin, you become servants to God. You have your fruit unto holiness, and the end is everlasting life. Romans 8, 2 says, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. Here's what the Bible just said in those verses I just quoted to you and the ones I talked about earlier. We are free. The declaration has already been written, signed in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are free. I am free from sin. Oh, now, don't say that. You'll make the devil so mad. He'll be, he'll be tempting you with everything that he can tempt you with. That's why I said it. Because I want to go ahead and fight the fight so I can be free. If I don't say it, he doesn't fight me. 
They said when they signed the declaration, man, John Hancock, he just, he was so irritated at the tax situation when he signed it. He, he didn't write the thing. Thomas Jefferson wrote it. But John Hancock wanted everybody to think he wrote it because he wanted King George to just get it in his face. So he signed his name big at the end. <laughs> Come get me, big boy. Those are patriots. Those are the people who can be free. It's time for you to make a declaration. It's time for you to say, you know what? The Word of God said, I am free from sin. This habit, this thing in my life, this thing I'm afraid of, I'm not afraid of it anymore. Hear me, devil. I am free. If you've never done that, that's why you're not free. Yeah, but I'm afraid to make you mad, and, and I don't want him to be mad. The Bible says he's full of wrath. How much more full can you be than full? Full to running over, I guess, but still you're just full. He's already mad. Why don't we do what we're supposed to do and make the declaration that the Bible here says... More than one time, it says stuff like, hath made us free, being made free, hath made me free. Every one of those are past tense. In other words, you all already are free. We're free now. I'm not going to be free. Listen to me. I'm not going to be free of the habit. I'm free now. And I make the declaration today that I'm free now. But isn't it lying? If, if, if I say I'm free and I do it again... Were they lying when they said, we're free, George? They weren't lying at all. It began on the inside of them. You might fall once. See, they lost lots of battles along the way. They had many setbacks along the way. In fact, it looked for a while like they couldn't win the thing. But they did because they made a declaration. And if I'm going to win, I've got to make the declaration and be ready to fight the fight. And even if I lose a battle or two here and a battle or two there, and even if it looks like it's all going to cave in on me, I'm still going to say I'm free. That's right. Amen. I'm free. I will not allow my life to be bound by this for the rest of my life. According to the New Testament, we're free from sin. We're free from death. And this can't be talking about heaven, by the way. Because it's talking about producing the fruit of holiness. It talks about the end will be everlasting life. Galatians 5.1 says that we're free so that, and we've got to stand so we're not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. That can't be talking about heaven. That's talking about right now. Free from sin. Free from death. Now preacher, I just don't think we can ever be free from sin. That's your declaration. I'm just agreeing with what the Bible said. It said I've been made free. I'm to stand in the law. Stand, stand so I can stay free. I know too many people that were addicted to pornography, addicted to drugs, addicted to alcohol, addicted to, to sexual perversions of all kinds. I know too many people that were addicted that are free. I know, I know people that if I could tell you who they were, you might know some of them and you couldn't imagine them ever having a problem with one of those things. But they're free. Because they made a declaration along the way they were going to be free. They chose to be free. They said what God said. They chose to be free. We are already free. And just like when they wrote the Declaration of Independence, the fight begins once you make the declaration. And don't be afraid of the fight. The fight is what's going to be the fun part. Because when you're through with that, 
George will never tax you again. Amen. And his red coat soldiers will go home. You see, well, I don't want, I don't want to fight against the devil. If you don't make the declaration, and if you don't fight, you don't be free. I know that's not good grammar. But we've got to do the same thing. Jesus made us free so that the enemy of our souls would be defeated. But he now is going to do everything that he can do to invalidate the declaration that we've made. You're not free. <laughs> you said you were free, but look at you right now. No, no, you've got to make the declaration. Let me give you scripture for what I just said. Jesus said in Matthew 17, 20, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say to this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible to you. Jesus said, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you will say. Until you say, you've done nothing. That's why when you come forward and make Jesus the Lord of your life, they make you say something. Because until you say, you've made no declaration. He's, he's, Jesus said, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, he told us in Mark chapter 4 that the seed is the word. He said, you gotta, he said the sower sows the word, sows the seed, until you say you've not sown any seed. And if you've not sown any seed, you can't get a crop. Until you declare freedom, you don't get a crop of freedom. I'm free of my anger. The next minute you hit your thumb and you start cussing again. No, 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 no. I said I'm free. Hear me, I'm free of anger. And you keep doing that, and eventually faith rises in your heart, and you have the faith to overcome it because you make the declaration, because you do that. Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will say. And you begin to fill your heart with the word. You begin to fill your heart with your confession. And even though it seems foolish, even though it seems like you're lying, I'm telling you something, you've got to sow the seed before you can reap a harvest. You've got to make a declaration before you can have the revolution. You've got to do that every single day of your life if you have to. Here's where most Christians are. They know some things about the Bible. And they've got the Bible on their coffee table. They got the Bible in their lap. They got a Bible somewhere. But if they're not saying it, they're not sowing it. And it's like a farmer having seed in the barn and expecting to reap a harvest from it. What do you expect? I'm going to get me some cotton this year. <laughs> Ooh, what kind did you plant? Well, it's all in the barn. But I got a bunch of seed in there. Not till you say it. Not till you sow it. The declaration is the first step to the fight and it's a fight you will win but we must say it. We must believe we've been made free. We must speak, make the declaration that we are free and once we say it, we need to know the devil is going to attack us but if we don't declare it, we're not going to ever be made free. Paul called the word of God, he called, now listen to me, he called it the word of faith. The word of of faith. If you have a can of beans, what do you have in the can? Beans. If you have the word of faith, what's in the word? The faith that brings the victory that overcomes the world. And if you're not doing anything, if, if all those beans are going to do is be in the can, they're doing you no good. 
You're going to have to get the word so you can speak it, so you can spill out the faith that brings you the victory that does what it's supposed to do. But until you say it, there is no victory. Well, you know, I'm just a strong silent type. No, you're not. You're the defeated silent type. Because until you say it, there is no declaration of victory. Christians have been messed up for a long time. The Lord said, I create the fruit of what? The lips. He didn't say, I create the fruit of the thoughts. Even though the thoughts become the lips. But he said, I create the fruit of the lips. Well, the Lord knows what I mean. No, 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 no. He creates the fruit of the lips. Oh, man, this is, this is powerful stuff. He said, death and life are in the power of what? The tongue, not the thoughts. Death and life are in the power of the intentions. No, it's not. Death is, perhaps. But it's in the power of the tongue. Can I say this to you? Liberty and bondage are in the power of the tongue. Blessing and cursing are in the power of the tongue. Because I can show you in the scripture that blessing and life go together. That cursing and bondage go together. They're the same thing. The Bible says thou art snared with the words of thy mouth. Thou art taken with the words of thy mouth. Your words can bring the bondage. And every time you agree with the world, you get their bondage. But every time you speak the word, you get the liberty. <laughs> Here's what Jesus said. He said, by your words, you'll be justified. And by your words, you'll be condemned. You know what that means? By your words, you'll be set free. Or by your words, you'll be held in jail. You decide. Do you want bondage or do you want freedom? If you want freedom, you've got to make the declaration of independence. I make today a declaration of freedom. Well, but if I say I'm free, that's like lying. Okay, how about this? Jesus... Paul, in the Bible, inspired by the Holy Ghost, said you are free. Is it lying to agree with the Bible? Is it lying to agree with Jesus? Well, no. No, it's not like Jesus said you're free. The writers of the Declaration of Independence, they declared they were free. And I mean, they fought the fight. Their hearts and their actions were free. And so they fought a fight like free men. And they raised money like free men. They did all the stuff that free men would do. <laughs> see, some people say, well, I'll believe it if I see it. No, 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 no. You've got to believe it so you can see it. Because when you, begin to, when you begin to say it, you can believe it. When you begin to believe it, you can say it. They go right together. See, people want to, want, want to see the results. The Bible here says this. It says, you were healed in 1 Peter 2.24. You must make the declaration so you can engage the enemy, so you can call in the replacement for what the devil has brought. You don't, go, you, don't go, you don't say this. If you have a headache, you don't say, I don't have a headache. No, you don't deny that you have a headache. You just call in the replacement for it. Man, my head's hurting, but you know what? The Bible says, by his stripes I was healed. The Bible says, bless the Lord, oh my soul. 
who heals me of every one of my diseases. See, I've got to learn how to, to say what he said. Make the declaration. The Bible says, let the weak say, I'm strong. Okay, I don't feel strong, but I'm going to say I'm strong. The Lord is my shepherd. I have no lack. I mean, you might be facing lack everywhere around you, but the Bible said you have no lack. Well, you're just lying. No, I'm not. I'm calling in the replacement. I'm going to declare I have abundance and no lack because of what the Bible said. I'm simply agreeing with what he said. I have victory that overcomes the world. It's my faith. That's what it says in 1 John 5, 4. I win. I have triumph. I am always led in triumph, 2 Corinthians 2, 14. I say, I make the declaration. Hear me, devil. Here, listen, listen loud and clear. I win. I have the victory that overcomes the world. I declare it today. What's going to happen now? He's going to fight you for it. What are you going to do? You're going to fight the good fight of faith. And what's going to happen then? You're going to win. And you're going to have the victory that you desire. See, making the declaration <laughs> is like adjusting the thermostat. Some old guy says, well, you know, I just think it's lying and I just call it the way it is. Now that guy's not telling you the truth. Because if he walks into his house and he looks at the thermometer, which tells you the way it is. Now that's what a thermometer does, says what it is. And the thermometer says it's 92 degrees. If you, if you call it the way it is, if you say it the way it is, if, you, if that's who you are, you take the thermostat and you set it at 92. Because you're not demanding a change. You're not demanding a replacement. What's he going to do, really? In, re in reality, he's going to come, he's going to set the thermostat at 72 degrees. Why? Because that's what he wants it to do. And if that thing is connected, now, if it's just hanging on the wall looking pretty, it's not going to do any good. But if it's connected, if it, the power is connected to it, I'm telling you, that thing is going to go to work, and the heart of that unit is going to go to work, and it's going to produce 72 degree air. Why? Because you called something that wasn't as though it was, and you prophesied and make the, made a declaration, I am free from this heat. And you declared it. And you believed it was going to happen because it was connected. And that's what happened. You see, we need to know we are free. True patriots refuse tyranny. And they know how to talk to the enemy. They know what to do. Here's the thing. You've got to have the word because Jesus said you've got to continue in the word. You've got to continue in the word. You've got to continue in the word. I was watching a preacher this week, and I've watched him, I don't know, maybe a hundred, hundreds of times in my life. He was preaching a sermon that I've heard him preach multiple times. I've heard it all. I heard, I've heard him preach his exact words using the same illustrations before. It was a different church, perhaps, different group of people, but he's preaching the same thing. And I remember thinking, I've heard that before. And here was the temptation. I'm going to turn it off. And the Holy Spirit said, no, sir continue in my word so I listened to him again and in that message that he preached he said he said Paul called it the word of faith and I got the revelation folks you may have heard it a hundred times 
Do you remember when you were in the third grade? For some of us, that's a bigger stretch than for others. And your classroom divided in two sides. And you were going to do the multiplication tables. And the teacher said, okay, boys and girls, we're going to do the multiplication tables. And everybody went, ugh. And what were you going to do? You were going to, this side was going to quote the ones, threes, fives, sevens, and nines. And this side was going to quote the two, four, six, eights. And they were going to shout them back and forth at each other. And then we're going to say, Timmy, now you come to this side. And, and Sally, you go to that side. And she's mixing it all up. And now we're going to do it again. And, oh. Why did you do that? You're making a declaration of the multiplication tables so that you could know them by heart. Because that teacher knew that if you just said it enough times, it was going to drop from your mind into your heart. And now... You're, at the, you're, 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 you're talking to your kids and you're saying, you know, well, you know, four times four is 16. And they go, well, how do you know that? Because I said it so many times that I know that's what it is. Right? It's okay to hear. I mean, you might need to hear the same sermon you heard last year until you get it. So one of these days I'm going to do this. I'm going to get up and preach the same exact sermon I preached the week before. Just to see if anybody notices. Because it's the word that you continue in, that you get revelation of, that will change your life. That's where the freedom is. And once you know you're free, I'm telling you, when you know you're free, now you can fight. But if you don't know you're free, you just stay there where you are. Well, you know. Mom and daddy and, and all them, that's where they are. I, I just want to be with them. No, no, get free. So mama and daddy and Bernard and all them can get free too. Get free. Get the freedom. You got to have the word. And then the Bible says it's a fight of faith. You need to hear and hear and rehear. And rehear and rehear until you get the revelation so you can walk in the truth that you know in your mind. You know you're supposed to be free. Get it in your spirit. Get all of it for yourself. Let the Lord use you. See, we must meditate. Then we fight the fight of faith. That is, being in the Word. You can't ever have this thing that says, Well, you know, I know what the Bible says, but I don't have the faith. That means you don't know what the Bible says. It means you have it in your head, but it's not in your heart. And that means you've got to stay with it until it drops from your head to your heart. And one day, it's amazing what happens. One day you're in it, you're meditating, you're making the confession, and all of a sudden, I'm free. And you're just free. And the devil comes and says, mm, drink this, smoke this, take that. Yell at them. Smack somebody. And you're free of it. Because you spent enough time. Because you were willing to make the declaration and to stand on it. Amen? I declare today, you are free. You're free. You're free. You're free. Would you stand with me? Hallelujah. Just close your eyes for a moment. I want you to think about that sin or that thing that so easily besets you.
that thing that just gets in your way, that thing that's tripped you up over and over again. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's your relationship with your spouse. Maybe it is your the frustration you have when you try to read the Bible and you, and you just keep messing that one up. Or you've made a commitment to pray and you haven't been doing that. Or maybe it's, maybe it's pornography. Maybe it's uh, just unholy thoughts. Maybe it's a TV show. Whatever it is, I want you to think about it for just a moment. Not meditate on it. I want the Lord to just show it to you. And then I want you to make the declaration to it. I want you to declare to it, I'm free of that. Wait, say it out loud. I'm free of that. I am free of that. I am free of being afraid of what people think of me. I am free of being afraid to give my witness in public. I'm free of that. I'm free of this immoral thing that only I know about. I am free of it today in Jesus' name. Now Satan, I want you to listen to me for just a moment. Jesus of Nazareth said that he set us free. The word of God says we have been made free of the law of sin and death. The word of God says we're free. We've been made free from sin. And so I make the declaration to you, devil, to the demons that have been surrounding these people, and I make the declaration on their behalf, and I agree with them, and I say, they are free. Now agree with it. Go ahead. Now don't just trust my word. Make your own declaration now. You can say he, what he said. Just tell the devil what he said. I am free of it. I'm free of this lack. I am not going to have it anymore. I make the declaration I'm going to obey the word of God. I'm going to do what he said. The Lord is my shepherd. I have no lack. Now, devil, don't you dare tell me I can't tithe because you just watch me. Don't you dare tell me I can't give into this ministry. Don't you dare tell me I can't. I am free right now. Watch this. I am free. Oh, man, you may have been under the bondage of someone who told you from the time you were a child that you'll never make it, that you're no good, that you're disobedient, that you're rebellious, that you have a big mouth, whatever they may have said to you. I want you to right now declare your freedom. I declare they are free. You may have been prophesying over yourself. Oh, I just am this. And every time I try it, I do that. And oh, I'm so bad about this. And right now, make the declaration that says I'm free of it. I am free right now. In Jesus' name. Oh, you may still cuss twice more. Maybe in a half a dozen times more. But you're going to be free. You are free because you said you're free. And you're going to fight the fight. Isn't that good? Father, my prayer for our church is that we would have liberty. That we would learn to stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. We are free from it now. In Jesus' name.